When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You could just give all this up, you know, like all this baseball stuff and turn to hockey because really that's what Pittsburgh did. Maybe Pittsburgh can be the trendsetter for the nation. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into hockey already, I also offer up Daily Shots of Penguins as well as Steelers. Right where you found this. The owners and players have broken off yet again. They seem to be suggesting that they'll resume communicating at some point, but there's nothing firm in place toward that end. After yet another round of, we got close, we're optimistic, but you didn't meet our deadline, and then the owners pulled the rug out from underneath the process for seemingly no reason. I haven't been engaging in a whole lot of play-by-play or back-and-forth or taking one side over the other. But what ended up unfolding over the previous 48 hours really, to me, felt like it was much more on the owners than on the players. The owners threw in what seemed like, to me, at least from the public perspective, a really, really big issue at the last minute in the international draft. Now, they've been talking about going to an international draft. It's been a a pet thing of Rob Manfred's for years. And it had come up before, but not really at this stage of the negotiation. So it almost seemed like it had just disappeared. And then the next thing you know, they're going at it overnight. And it's all about the international draft and trading the international draft for qualifying offers and draft picks. And where did all this come from? I have to tell you, I have to tell you in my honest assessment that this combined with the previous cancellation of games, because now this one is supposed to cancel games till April 14, none of which is to be taken seriously. None of these deadlines, none of these cancellations. They can play 162 games if they get a deal done two weeks from now. So don't believe or buy into any of that. But my experience tells me that when the owner's side is 
behaving like this, is taking actions like this, they're at least thinking about or taking steps toward attempting to break the union. I know that's strong language. But I also know that it's the only thing I see out of the owner's plan, if there is one, or the owner's ultimate objective, if there is one, that makes any bleeping sense. Listen, I've had one side through this entire experience. That is the side of getting a salary cap installed, or a fairer economic system installed. I don't care which side installs it. If it's the owners because they like the cost certainty impact of it, great. If it's the players because they're sick of only getting 40% of all the revenues, while the NFL, the NHL, and the NBA players are all getting 50% plus, great. I'll take whichever side happens to be in favor of a system that benefits Pittsburgh, period. But these owners haven't even shown that. So what is it that they're doing? What are they attempting to achieve? Maybe it's just to tick everyone off and break up the union. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern. That's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone. An eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800-degree stone, and you do the rest. It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. But I'll share with you another thought that I had about this particular turn of events, because this one felt a little bit darker than most of the ones before it. This one came with a sense of, you know what, they could just lock these guys out. They could just not do this. And yeah, I saw that Senator Dick Durbin of Illinois late last night put out a tweet urging the owners to end this lockout and play ball or we'll have to consider ending the antitrust exemption. That's been tried for years by politicians. Don't take that, even the tiniest bit, seriously. If the owners want to lock out the players for the entire year, they can do it. Or for that matter, depending on how you view the events of yesterday, if Scott Boris and the players want to keep saying no to everything that the owners put forth, they can do that for a full year. The one thing you'll be able to take to the bank that's going to occur is that neither side will have a clue as to the amount of damage that they're doing to their beloved game. I realize that's kind of a hokey, cliched thing to say in these situations, but it's the literal truth. I will remind you, for anyone who missed it last week on this show, that Keith Law, the nationally renowned baseball analyst, primarily for his work with ESPN, pontificated that if Joey Gallo, who plays for the Yankees, 
can spend some part of this lockout in Italy that he will grow the game in Italy because Italians will just be blown away by having Joey Gallo around them. I, 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 I don't even know what to say to that. Have you never been overseas? Have you never been to Italy? Have you never seen how little anyone in Europe knows, much less cares, about the sport of baseball? Do you know what kind of vacuum you need to be living in to think that a baseball player from New York, who might not even be the best-known guy on his own team, would just magically show up in the heart of Europe and start having people pay attention to a sport they don't know or care about at all. But that's how inward, how myopic this sport is. And if the people on either side had any common sense, or probably a better way to word it, any sense of awareness, they would look at Pittsburgh as the template for where their sport is headed. Because we check off all the boxes, good and bad, in this regard. Good, we got our caps in, in the NFL, in the NHL. Our teams are amazingly competitive because they're well-run and they operate within fair systems. The Steelers haven't had a losing season in 18 years. The Penguins haven't missed the playoffs in 17 years. And the Pirates are an actual joke. And the younger generation here has doesn't hate the Pirates. They laugh at them when someone brings it up. They couldn't care less. If Joey Gallo walked through Market Square holding a sign that said, Hey, I'm Joey Gallo and I play for the New York Yankees, he would do so without being stopped or without getting anything other than strange glares for carrying a sign. That's Pittsburgh, and that's the future of baseball in all but five markets in this country. When we come back, just one question. Bob Downey, who asks, since Major League Baseball will not be able to get a floor cap of comprehensive revenue sharing, how much lower will baseball's popularity get to in the next five years? Bob, that's all relative, meaning relative to perception. The perception of the people who run the game, most of whom are based on the two coasts, particularly in the New York and Boston corridor, we'll see packed stadiums. When they're driving in their cars, they'll turn on the radio and they'll hear talk shows buzzing about Yankees and Red Sox and now even the Mets because they're spending again. That's where they live. That's what they see. That's what they hear. In their eyes and in a lot of people's eyes, believe it or not, in that region in particular, New York, Boston, baseball is still seen as rivaling football. 
like right there. And that applies just a little bit more in New York because their football teams are so grotesque. What they have are the Yankees and the Mets and the whole New York attitude about how we can still go and buy everybody else's players now only applies in baseball. So people have actually gravitated toward it in that sense to get away from the miseries of the Jets and the Giants and whoever else. So it won't suffer there at all over the next five years. But what you're going to see overall is a decline, a continuing decline across the rest of the country. You're going to see the sport continue its hard fade, not only at the major league level, but also at the participatory level, and also at just getting youth generally engaged in baseball level. And you know what I'm talking about there. I'm talking about baseball being cool, talking about there being stars that kids can look up to in any number of markets. I'm talking about there being another junior, you know? Who's your preeminent star right now in baseball? Is it really Mike Trout? Is it really Mike Trout? Is it Shohei Otani? Is it Fernando Tatis? Is it Juan Soto? The fact that I'm asking these questions and there are absolutely no clear answers to it, that that is the answer. That is the answer. Who's the player that everybody wants to go and be? Who's the player that everybody's emulating on sandlots? Are there even sandlots? Why do we continue to use that term? Do they still exist? Part of what makes football America's true pastime is that there are football heroes spread all across the NFL's 32 markets, all the way down to the pathetic Jacksonville Jaguars. You can find a Trevor Lawrence. You can find someone that people know about who have some personality, who have some character, who have a style. Baseball takes all of its stars, not right away, not in the first three, four years that they're in the majors, but once they're ready for the prime time, think of Garrett Cole. Once they're ready for that next step, it takes all of its star players and concentrates them on a handful of teams. Not mechanically, not wittingly, that's just the system. The players are going to go where the money is. And where the money is, is with those handful of teams. So even though Cole went from the Pirates to Houston via trade, the Astros could afford him. The Astros are a bigger market, obviously. And even then, the Astros couldn't keep him. He ended up with the Yankees. That's how this goes. And everybody ends up on that same handful of teams in the same handful of media markets. And the sport shrinks. Geographically, it shrinks. And as this lockout is showing you in the words and the deeds from both sides, from the owners and from the players, and from the proposals that both have put forth, they haven't got the faintest idea that this is happening. They have 
blocked this out. They are oblivious beyond belief. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. We will do one more tomorrow.